Our current ambassador, Eamon McKee, uh, succeeded Jim Kelly. I have Eamon here. Eamon, a most tragic, sad time. Uh, Austin, it's terrible. I'd like to, first of all, extend my, my really heartfelt condolences to Anne, Orla and Kira. You know, just it must be devastating. And, and I know that she's probably in survival mode and coping with this, but it's it's such a tragic, tragic loss for the family, you know. And, and in a way, of course, the diplomatic lifestyle um, is, is very exciting and it's very rewarding in many ways. But when tragedies like this happen, you realize the price that you pay, you know, that she's she's away from family. She's in New York and and our, our sympathies really go out to Anne and we wish her every every strength of this this terrible time. You know, um, I, I got the news yesterday morning. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, and, and when I rang a few people just to, to tip them off that this was going to be announced, people who were close to, to Jim, I actually didn't believe I was saying the words. I was thinking, um, have I got this terribly wrong? It's just, it was just so difficult to process. And it's, and it still is. I, I, I just really can't believe it, you know. The team obviously at the embassy are, are devastated. Jim was just, he was such a, a warm and respected uh, colleague and friend, you know. Uh, he was a, a deeply humane person. He was very sympathetic. He was a great listener. Um, he had a great, you know, when I came in as ambassador, it was a great team there, great operation. Um, he had, uh, you know, and, and uh, don't forget, of course, as well, we, we lost Michael Hurley, mm-hmm. um, his colleague at the embassy. Um, and somebody sent me a beautiful photograph of, of Jim and Michael at the uh, at a reception in 2019. And it just brings it home, um, the suddenness of, of this loss for the team, both of them, in fact. But when I came to the uh, when I came to 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 Ottawa, I mean, it was very clear the love and affection that people had for Jim. And, you know, he, he traveled extensively because he knew that to connect with the Irish community, you had to travel and you had to meet them and, and you couldn't stay in Ottawa. And he, and he did that and, and he enjoyed it. Um, yesterday, um, I had a very sad task uh, because I got the news and I was meeting the uh, the seniors group here in Toronto. And um, we had to be careful about the timing in terms of when we told them. So for the first 20 minutes or so, I was just chatting with them, and, and I noticed uh, on, on their on their walls, they have collages of photographs, and half of them were Jim, um, and Jim would stay with the seniors, and he'd chat with them, and he was never in a rush to go. He really did care care about them and, and listen to them and, and support them, obviously, as well, you know, um, and then I had to break the sad news to them, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's just such a... It's just, it's just a shock, really, for for somebody who was in the prime of their life, really flourishing. And and not only had he done a fantastic job here in Canada, which he did over the four years, um, but he went down to New York to shoulder very heavy burden, you know, in terms of being uh, the ambassador and the number two to to the, to, to, the, to the main ambassador there at the UN Security Council, you know. Um, and but no better man. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely no better man. And you know, no matter what the pressure. Jim was under, he was always a gentleman, always a gentleman, you know. So we're, we're just really devastated, you know. Um, and uh, you just don't expect this. You don't expect to lose a colleague like that. You know, Jim was, uh, you know, he had a, he had, he had tremendous achievements in the department as an officer. He had served at the UN before. He was a real expert in his support to the team during the Security Council. But, of course, he, he, was, a, he was one of the leaders in the department and, and would have had, would have made an enormous contribution in, in the future. Um, and we just really we mourn his loss. Oftentimes you hear, you know, the the squeaky wheel gets the oil. But Jim was such a humble man and very effective in his humility and, as you say, his ability to connect with people. 
No, that's absolutely true. I mean, I mean, some people make their careers by being the author of their own crisis, which they create and then solve. And, and that was never Jim's way. Jim got on with it. Jim did a day's work and more, you know, and he just uh, was very professional. Um, and, you know, and I think if, if there were two words I'd say about Jim, one was his warmth, but also the other was his, his integrity. You know, when you when you talked to Jim and you dealt with Jim, there were no agendas. It mm-hmm. was Jim doing his job, you know, as a professional and, and as a man of great integrity, you know. And, and I think everybody realized that about Jim, you know. Um, but also... Uh, when you see those photographs and the ones, for example, that were hung in the in the in the in the, in the senior centre, but also the ones that have been on social media, because we've inundated with social media messages uh, about their shock and sadness. Jim smile, there he is, you know, um, holding up, you know, signs about visit Ireland with Tourism Ireland, and he's meeting people here and there, and he's just got he's just got an infectious smile. He's he's happy to be doing the job, you know, and um, that's going to he, that he's going to be sorely missed. And oftentimes the people in Ireland don't actually appreciate or fully understand how important your role is and Jim's role is and how big a representative for Ireland that you are to us, the diaspora. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of works. It works both ways, of course. I mean, Jim and, and, and myself, we, we come from Ireland. We do a stint in Ireland and, and obviously... One of the reasons we're abroad representing Ireland is because we love our country so much and, and we are so proud of our, our achievements. We're so proud of our culture. We're so proud, ultimately, of our people. Um, and Jim was very much like that. He was a great dub fan as well. And, and, and he was really, near the phrase salt to the earth, but he really was. And he was, mm-hmm. he was a real proud dub. And, and he would bring that, of course, um, uh, to the diaspora and the communities here, which they appreciated. But he got a lot from it, too, as we all do, you know. I mean, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but we really celebrate it when we're abroad, and it's it's a um, it's a celebration of the of the immigrant community. So there's there was tremendous integrity in in Jim's approach to that, and I think the funny thing is, you can often you know when you come to countries where there's a big diaspora and there's a lot of Irish people and a lot of Irish heritage, there's one characteristic: they don't put up with nonsense. Mm-hmm. They they get us immediately. Now there are some bigger imperial powers you can go to and attack. You know, there's there's a bit of uh, pomp and circumstances about it. But when you when you're abroad with the Irish, uh, they 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 don't tolerate uh, any of that kind of nonsense at all. And and Jim was never one for that. You know, he was just, he just had absolute um, integrity uh, about it. And there was no gap between Jim uh, as he presented and Jim as he was. You know, and um, that was a huge strength and and why he was he was loved by the community here from literally from coast to coast. You know. Ambassador, will there be any book of condolences available at the embassy offices? Yeah, I mean, we're certainly. I, I'm in Toronto at the moment because we were we were celebrating St. Patrick's Day, the first kind of one that a little bit rusty, but everybody had a great time after the pandemic, and that we 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 really had a great day, and and again had no just a great day and, and for Jim to, to pass away on St. Patrick's Day, it just added to the whole thing. But yeah, we'll certainly be making arrangements and I've been discussing it here uh, uh, with, um, you know, doing some form of memorial service, not just in Ottawa, but in, in Toronto as well, where uh, he was known far and wide and, and loved. So we'll be, we'll be making those arrangements, you know, absolutely. Indeed, and we'll share those when we hear of them. Thanks a million yeah. for your time, Ambassador, under such awesome. a sad Pleasure, circumstance. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Thank you, Austin. Jim Kelly interacted with numerous people across the country from coast to coast, um, down Newfoundland out to 
British Columbian, uh, Minister of Labour at the Federal Government, James O'Regan, had many interactions and had, I know, a deep affection for Jim Kelly. Seamus, uh, a terrible time for us to be connecting, but thank you for taking the time. Oh, I'm happy that you're you're taking the time, Austin, to, to, to commemorate him. I think it's hugely important. Some of your recollections. <laughs> Some of my recollections. I mean, it, you know, Jim was just, uh, you know, he, when you first meet him, uh, you think, okay, well, you know, here's uh, Ambassador, and you can tell that he's a hard-working fellow. And then he would smile, right? And he had, a, he had the most marvelous smile. Um smile that would light up a room. I think, you know, I think there are probably several faces to Jim, as, as his family could probably attest better than me. But uh, I was really, you know, there was a, there was a side of him, an intensity, uh, a side very akin to, 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 to social justice, to, to justice, uh, that I saw at the Security Council. Um, I wasn't surprised to see that side of him. I'd seen it in, in, you know, conversations that we had had. Um, but the way that the, I think for Jim, I'm certain that extraordinarily dramatic fashion. I mean, I think there was a marvelous amount of restraint that he used there, but it, it, I think it was a demonstration, uh, you know, at the security council table at the, you know, after Russia had begun its invasion of Ukraine, it was, uh, it was extraordinary to see him at that seat, a seat that he deserved, um, uh, and to speak with the passion and the eloquence that he did in plain language um, and in language that people could understand. Uh, he did Ireland very well. I think he did, I think he did the West actually very well at that moment. He did democracy very well at that moment. So he, he ran to, you know, that, that was, that was a, a, a certain pinnacle, I'm sure of his career, but it was the small things that he did all the time. And I mean, I think that's how so many people in the Irish community in Canada see him and recognize him as, um, you know, a very genuine curiosity, a, a great deal of, in the way he presented himself, a great deal of humility uh, and empathy. Uh, and those are often come together, empathy and, and humility. Um, you know, uh, it was never, it was never about him. Um, and while he certainly had opinions, uh, he was open to changing them. Uh, at least that was my experience. So to see a life, I think, you know, I think he was just hitting his, gaining his stride. Although I would have thought that, you know, frankly, in his tenure as ambassador to this country, to our country, that that might have been the pinnacle because he did just such a marvelous job of it. But in fact, it wasn't. I mean, to go to New York, to be sitting at the Security Council at, a, at such a pivotal time in our history, uh, perfectly suited him. Perfectly suited him. So it's just such a tragedy that he would go so quickly. Um, and it's such a shock to all of us, I think. I know he had a great appreciation for the longevity of the relationship, particularly with Newfoundland and Ireland, and how deep yeah. that connection was. Indeed. Indeed, he did. Uh, we, well, I mean, it doesn't take much for me to go on and on about it. Um, it's something I, uh, I went to UCD, actually, in, in Belfield, and, uh, and, and spent a year studying it, as well as well as doing a lot of theater and perhaps some other extracurricular activities, but it was, it was at the time in 95, 96 to study the Celtic tiger and to see how we could emulate it in Newfoundland. Um, uh, as luck should have it, when I came back to Newfoundland, I started working with the, the premier at the time, Brian Tobin and, um, and, uh, you know, Brian, um, 
was really trying to cultivate a, a richer relationship with Ireland. And I came in at just the right time. It was just, um, you know, great good fortune. So my interest in it wasn't just sentimental. It was real. It was, you know, what can we learn economically? How can we have stronger financial and industrial ties and trading ties between my province particularly and, and Ireland? And, uh, you know, it's something that uh, during my years in media, obviously, I wasn't able to cultivate that as much as I would have liked to. Um, but uh, but suddenly I had Jim's ear, so I could talk to Jim um, all the time about it, which which I did. But it was a it was a it was a receptive audience. I think he was, and you know, and he, and he found you know whether he went to Nova Scotia or if he came out you know where I am right now in in Calgary, he found those communities and he found those ties and 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 he made them substantive. You know, we both agreed that. You know, the, the marvelous sentiment that exists between our countries, um, is glorious, but it's not enough. It's a marvelous foundation in which to, um, build more tangible things, I think, that will make the relationship, um, not only more modern, but, but more tangible and longer lasting. And we both had, you know, he, but he, he would find that, you know, I used to think Newfoundland was quite special. In fact, well, of course it is. Uh, but, uh, wherever he went, he found those ties. And every time he'd come back and say, I was just in, uh, you know, Calgary and I've met up with someone. So I just felt like he was cheating on me. I wanted them all for myself. I didn't want him going out <laughs> dating other, other provinces. Um, but, but he would find it. He would find it. He would seek it out. He would find it. And people were drawn to him for that same reason. You know, there was just a, a warmth to the man that, uh, you know, I, I, I can picture him. You know, as you know, it's reception after reception after reception in, in my racket and his racket. And I can picture him, you know, kind of walking in the room and, and you would you wouldn't notice him at first. I wouldn't quite call him diminutive, but 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 you wouldn't at first. And then it's just the way he would engage people and you would just see more and more people just surround him or line up to speak to him. And it wasn't just his station, it wasn't just it wasn't just his his you know, his his occupation, his his title. It was him. It was him. He will be missed. Very much. Very much. Very much. I, I, my heart goes out to his family. He's far too young to be, to, to lose. Um, and, and I think frankly for the, you know, the Irish diplomatic service, I think, uh, he was, uh, he was a star. Shem Sorigan, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Austin. Thank you. It's with great sadness today that we're talking about uh, our former ambassador, the late Jim Kelly. Jim died very suddenly in New York on St. Patrick's Day, and James Maloney is here with me. James uh, was very involved with uh, the Irish contingent and the Irish parliamentary group. James, shocking, devastating everything. I've been struggling all day to find words to express how I feel. I've just been... Ever since I received the news this morning from Ambassador McKee, I just I've been reeling. I'm uh, I'm at a loss. He was such a special person. And and I know I what I tweeted was like he was unassuming in every way and filled with humility. Um, there were no airs and graces about him. In a very disarming way, like you like you you met the man and you were you were immediately comfortable and felt like, you know you knew you were with a friend. Like it was he was just one of those people that as soon as you met him, you just you felt. You felt comfortable, you felt friendship, you felt warm, and he was, he was, he was so genuine. Uh, and um, being posted after Ottawa to the United Nations uh, at such a critical time, it must have been highly stressful, particularly for the last two to three weeks, and hopefully that didn't contribute to the the uh, sudden demise. Yeah, I, I, I had the same thoughts, Austin. I mean, I was 
watching some of his work at the UN over the past weeks because of what's going on. And of course he did that with, uh, you know, remarkable, uh, grace as well. And, but you can't help but wonder. Um, I mean, he's going through a very, very difficult time and Ireland being having a seat on the security council and with all of these events, it, it must've been under great pressure, but, um, it's just, it's such a tragic loss, such a tragic loss. I hope I open my, Ironically, I suppose I opened my uh, social media account shortly after I saw the news, and the first thing that popped up on my Twitter feed was a, uh, something he had posted yesterday in New York about, you know, St. Patrick's Day in New York and the UN, and it just it brought tears to my eyes. And then his memory from six years ago, which was the tweet that he had posted, scenes from Ireland where he had been in Ireland six years previous. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with yeah. the family, with the family, indeed. Yeah. And one thing I have to say is, I never saw Jim either um, up or down, and by that I mean Jim presented yeah. an even keel, hundred percent. And he was, uh, yeah, I don't know, if, I don't know if he had a a bad mood in him because he was always such a an even keel, happy person. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and that just was one of the many reasons he was such a joy to be around. You know, I, I thinking too. One of the last I called him last March the tenth, the day that the House unanimously adopted the Irish Heritage Month, and I I phoned him. He was in New York at the time, and I phoned him to thank him because he played such a big role in you know making all of these things happen. And uh, it was he was so happy that it was going to happen, and. But I, it was important that he knew that he he played a big role in all of that, in making these things get to where they are. So I'm just—I've got all kinds of memories that are going through my head today, and I'm just—it's—it's it's just, it's tough. It's very tough. Jim, thanks a million for taking the time, and uh, I know we are all sending our deepest and, and sympathies to Anne and the kids, particularly hard for her as well. Oh, it, it's just awful. My my heart goes out to her. I'm going to reach out to her and. Uh, Try to get a hold of it, but you're absolutely right. Listen, I'm I'm glad I got a chance to chat with you, but uh, the community in the country has suffered a big loss today. There's no doubt about that. Indeed. James Maloney, thank you very much indeed. Today we are commemorating our former ambassador, Jim Kelly, and we're hearing from some people who worked very closely with them and whose lives were impacted one way or another by their contact with Jim. And Catherine McKenna was in government in Canada as a minister during Jim's tenure as the ambassador and Catherine, uh, whose father's from Dublin, um, as also has a very close connection with the Irish in every way. Catherine, totally shocking and devastating news. Uh, it was, it really is shocking. I was uh, on social media and I saw a post about it and I actually couldn't believe it. Um, I, I just, I mean, certainly my, my thoughts and, and prayers and love go out to Anne and their two daughters um, because it must be devastating for them and, and everyone that knew him because he was such a great guy. I mean, obviously he was a great diplomat. He wouldn't have been uh, ambassador to Canada, which is in a very important role um, if he wasn't. But he was also just a great person and uh, had so many good times. We actually spent a lot of time together, including doing things like traveling to Grosil with my parents, uh, which was extremely moving, um, going there and seeing where so many uh, famine victims uh, first started their, you know, their life in, in Canada under very challenging conditions. Many died, but we, 
you know, he was a, a great historian too. Um, and we had, we had a lovely time there, but we also, we did the St. Patrick's Day Parade as Member of Parliament for Ottawa Centre. I would always sit in um, his horse-drawn carriage, often with ministers from Dublin who couldn't believe how bloody cold it was. <laughs> it was, I think once, I, poor uh, Simon Coveney, who's now the Foreign Minister, he showed up and I think it was like minus 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt mm-hmm. like it. And the mm-hmm. poor guy said, this is like the bloodiest, coldest St. Patrick's Day ever in the world, and I said probably. Um, but anyway, it uh, it really is sad. He he was such a lovely man, and I know he got to know your mom and dad as well. So while you interacted with Jim on a professional level as a family, you had a lot of interactions also. Yeah, you know, we did we did do a lot. So as I say, we went to Grow Sill together. But any time an Irish politician came to town, my dad was thick as thieves. He wanted to be there, um, so he would always see uh, he'd always see Jim, and they'd have a, a great conversation about you know Irish politics and Canadian politics and and whatever. Um, but uh, so many times, like Grasset, Grasset Park, when they we did the uh, the different events or the, um, uh, the the Ireland Fund, which is now called something else, uh, which my dad used to run. Uh, he was head of the the Hamilton chapter. Um, just so many different times, often at pubs. I'll have to say, you know, having a pint. But it was it was lovely. And one of my greatest memories was early days in the pandemic. And I was, you know, wondering what I would do to, you know, engage with people. And I got this idea because my kids were having conversations every day with my my father because school was off and I didn't know what to do with them. And so he would do sing songs and he'd tell them Irish history, at least his version of Irish history. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to do a, a Facebook Live with Ambassador Kelly and my dad. So we did an hour uh, with the two of them. And uh, there's a picture that you can see on my, my Twitter, uh, Kath McKenna, where uh, we're all just having a great laugh. Like God knows what we were talking about. I think my dad probably quoted Yates and probably said some off-color stuff. And then, you know, sang a song. And we, we anyway, and I have to say Jim Kelly was definitely d- demonstrating his uh, diplomatic skills there because he really humored <laughs> my father. And Catherine, it didn't matter whether Jim was in the presence of the Prime Minister or a recent arrival immigrant. There was um, an empathy and there was a, a warmth that came right across the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I saw that in so many instances. Was, people would come up and they'd know who he was, and he probably wasn't entirely sure. I mean, there was some there was some Irish connection there. They were Irish, or they knew people that were Irish, or. You know, but he was he was just such a gentle soul. He would he would engage in lovely conversation um, and chat about life. And uh, and I think he was he was really the uh, I mean, he was an excellent representative of Ireland to Canada. Um, and he really understood that being a, a diplomat wasn't about the fancy stuff. I mean, it was. He had the most, I think, ministerial visits uh, from Ireland to Canada. He also I was there when. The prime minister went to uh, to Dublin um, and visited Ireland, but he he understood that it's about the human connection, and that's really what diplomacy is about. and And he made connections with everyone he met, and uh, and people really they really loved him, and that's why I think everyone's taking it so hard. I mean, obviously he's so young, so it seems so unfair, but I think everyone's taking it so hard because he really had a lot of friends and he built relationships. 
And as you mentioned, as a as a diplomat, his professionalism and his skill landed him at the Security Council. Yeah, and I, I think he was probably working extremely hard there. Um, you know, Ireland did a great job uh, winning over Canada, uh, a seat on the Security Council, and um, that was a very important role, a, a really important role for Ireland in the world, and certainly right now standing with Ukraine, and I'm sure everyone saw the amazing message that uh, the Irish Ministry of Foreign Affairs put out, the video, and uh, the you know, Ireland has been working extraordinarily hard um, on the, the illegal Russian war um, on Ukraine. And so he was, you know, probably, you know, I talked to, I exchanged some messages with a few folks, including Bob Ray, our ambassador to the UN. And he spoke of what a lovely person uh, Jim was, but also what a great consummate professional diplomat he was, who was doing a great job representing his country, but also you know, trying to, you know, bring, you know, the vision of the UN, which is peace between countries and emphasizing multilateralism and, you know, standing up for the downtrodden. Um, anyway, I, I just know I've seen messages. I mean, people are absolutely gutted. Catherine, it's um, an unfortunate time for us to connect again, but I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing some of the memories you have of Jim. Thank you. Well, absolutely, absolutely, and to everyone there who knew Jim, uh, his family, and, and friends, and the larger Irish community, um, so my thoughts are with you too, because I know it's a it's a very tough time for everyone. But we'll all have good memories. I I will remember the good laughs that that we had together. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks. Before uh, Jim Kelly arrived in Ottawa as our ambassador, Ray Bassett was the incumbent at that time and uh, Jim succeeded Ray and I'm delighted to well under very sad circumstances I'm delighted to connect with you again Ray um, very sad circumstances indeed absolutely and particularly so you know given we already had a tragedy in Michael Hurley and um, you know um, that, that that's doubly um, a, a double blow given the fact that at the relatively young age of both of them um hard to sort of take it in that people who are vigorous and in their and full of their health could one day be with us and then the next day simply gone. And I would think, you know, given the nature of the diplomatic service, when somebody is on a foreign posting, it's not that anybody ever talks about it, but there's this anticipation that you're going to come home. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, even though the Department of Foreign Affairs and diplomatic side of Ireland has grown considerably in recent years, there's still a, a feeling that, you know, the same in every organization of, of being part of the family. And when something like this happens, it hits people badly. It's a tough lifestyle in, so, in some respects, and it does take its toll uh, on, on health. And also, we'd have a very high level of, of, of marital breakup and things like that. The nature of the job can be unhealthy. Uh, and you have to be very careful, and we probably have a, a slightly higher mortality rate, or so we're told, than the general population. But, you know, there was certainly nothing that, that about Jim, who lived, as far as I know, and any time I had a conversation, he was very, you know, he, he was very healthy, and, um, you know, lived a, a, a very healthy lifestyle. Uh, so it was, a, it was a complete shock. And, uh, you know, uh, condolences uh, to his family, and particularly to Anne. His wife. 
And, and you being very familiar with Ottawa and the Irish diaspora in Canada, uh, having gone from what would have been uh, of interfacing with, I won't, I don't mean there's any uh, disparaging way, but ordinary people on the street when you're an ambassador in a country to go to somewhere that was as high pressured and as intense as somewhere like the United Nations. Well, Jim's career was very heavily in that sort of area. He, he, the department has different strands in it, but he worked mainly on multilateral areas like the United Nations, the, you know, the European Union and that. So Canada was, was something he enjoyed thoroughly because it got brought him out and gave him a chance to meet ordinary people. Not that diplomats in the UN aren't ordinary people, but, you know, it was a much greater variety. Um, he also served in Copenhagen, a place I have served, and he was very popular in Copenhagen as well. As I say, complete shock um, that, he, that this man would, would be taken from us like that. And it really coming in the pinnacle of his career, uh, you know. I... Yeah, he, had been, he had been promoted fairly recently up to the assistant secretary level and um, was, 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 was given other responsibilities in, 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 in New York. So he was right in the prime of his career, uh, at the top of his job, and was struck down um, by by this um, by this terrible, terrible um, uh, event. So a real tragedy for the Department of Foreign, well, for the Kelly family, the Department of Foreign Affairs, and in effect for Ireland under the Absolutely. present situation. I mean, uh, Jim had made a big impression at the United Nations, and I've noticed the number of tributes that, that have come in from. You know, from the um, from the Secretary General of the United Nations, right down, he has spoken very eloquently on uh, on Ukraine and Ireland's um, abhorrence of the invasion. And in fact, his his, his speech at the UN had got very much publicity here in Ireland. So he was at the very top of his game. He was at, from what I understand, from the family, he was at home watching television with his wife and and child, and he was struck completely out of the blue. And, and, you know, a, a terrible tragedy for that family. There's, there's no words that can actually adequately describe the kind of desolation that that family must be feeling at the moment. Indeed. So we all extend our sincere condolences. And Ray, thanks a million for taking the time. To okay, share. Austin. And, and, and as I say, deep condolences to Anne and the family. We are... Devoting time today to pay tribute to Jim Kelly, the former ambassador, Irish ambassador to Canada, who tragically died on St. Patrick's Day. And um, during his term in Ottawa, Kieran Cannon, who was uh, the minister for the diaspora at the time, would have had a lot of interaction with Jim. And Kieran is here with me. Kieran, Gramila Margaret, thanks a million. And a very sad occasion that we're connecting. It is Austin, and uh, I'd like to be speaking to you on, uh, for much happier reasons. Um, we were all just devastated to hear the news yesterday evening as it filtered through the um, the network, I suppose, of people who have had the the good fortune and the privilege to have worked with Jim at some point. Um, a lot of my colleagues in the political world, those who either are ministers or former ministers who would have visited Canada while Jim was ambassador there, uh, all sharing news of his tragic passing. And it, it was just a shock to hear it genuinely was because you know, he just, he was the most dynamic, kind of charismatic, um, hardworking individual you could ask to meet in the world of diplomacy. He was doing extra- extraordinary work in New York. And then just to hear that all that was snuffed out in an instant, it was just tragic and very, very sad. I know we see an ambassador from one perspective as the diaspora. 
uh, you as being a minister uh, on the other side of the coin would have been working with them on a very close capacity and interacting with them in a very close capacity. Yes, um, you know, I would have visited Canada in October of 2018 and again around St. Patrick's, this very time again, St. Patrick's Day for that whole week of festivities in, in, in 2019. And um, in the lead up to that, obviously, I would be engaging with Jim, uh, as would a lot of my colleagues who are preparing to um, preparing the itinerary for the week ahead. So um, one aspect of, of, of Jim that I found extraordinary, and, you know, it is part of the remit of a, an ambassador, no matter where they find themselves in the world, um, to engage with and to support the local Irish community. But I've just always got this sense that Jim felt a deep connectedness um, that, that really mattered to him in terms of uh, the Irish communities that exist right now across Canada. You might call the recent emigres those who have left in the last 10 years or so, but, but perhaps even more so uh, to the more elderly members of our diaspora uh, population there. He was always very anxious for me uh, to make time to visit um, the centres that continually reach out and support those more elderly members of our diaspora community. Um, and I could see and, from, and, and hear from him and talking to him that this was important to him. So um, we had uh, Manny's the, uh, the, the um, very special uh, afternoon um, across Canada and meeting with and, and talking to the more elderly members of our diaspora community. So that was something that was very, very important to him. And I always felt no matter where we visited um, with Jim, there was a deep fondness for him. Um, you know, they felt that he cared, um, genuinely cared about their welfare and their well-being, and that was palpable every, everywhere he visited. And, of course, the ambassador is the eyes and ears for the Irish government on the ground and is also the voice of the Irish government on the ground. Very much so. Um, he is that. He is our ambassador. He is our our, our first citizen um, in in wherever they're stationed. Um, they are the person that presents Ireland to the world. Um, it's an ex- it's a very very difficult job. I think you only begin to get a sense of how complex uh, and difficult it is when you go kind of and work alongside them, or even if it is only for a few days, and get a sense of what their life is like. So, you know, it's it's multifaceted. You're obviously working, as I said earlier, to support the diaspora community. You're working to build trade and business links between the two countries. Um, you're working, in, you know, in the background of whatever, whatever diplomatic challenges might arise at times. You're working from a consular perspective. If an Irish citizen becomes ill or perhaps otherwise in trouble um, in a lo- any location worldwide, the first person that's usually called on to solve that and, and to look again, look after the well-being of that person or persons is the ambassador. So it's a very complex, very challenging role. But, t- but Jim just... Um, was immensely, immensely gifted in, in, in being able to manage all of those complex elements of the job and to do so with, as I said, with great charisma, great warmth and, and great kindness. Um, you always got the sense you were dealing with and working with an exceptionally kind human being. And for me, uh, that was the most important part of his personality. I don't think it's inappropriate that there's a church bell tolling in the background at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's very, mm-hmm. very significant indeed at such a time. It is, and, you know, it's significant that Jim passed away on St. Patrick's Day, you know, the day where we celebrate the Irish community across the world, all we've achieved and all we've yet to achieve, um, because I know for a fact that, that that community in Canada, and indeed the work he was doing right up to, you know, t- two days ago um, in, in the United Nations in New York, again, a critically important part of our diplomatic effort out there, and all the time, very discreetly, 
uh, and without much fanfare, um, working to look to look after the welfare of perhaps some of the most vulnerable people in the world in the world through our work with the United Nations. So um, that again was a key element of, of Jim's um, ambition and personality was always to look out for those on the fringes of society and see how he could help and support them. So uh, yeah. And I know, it's, Karen, it's, it's in, just so, yeah. yeah. I know in all these situations, when you arrive in, you get not just meet Jim, but you get to meet his wife, uh, Anne, and Kira, yes. and Orla. And, um, yeah. There's a, a connection builds up between you and your family and his family, so that the pain is even more acute. Well, yes. I mean, I never got to, to, to spend much time with Jim's family because the, the, the two occasions that I was out there, it was literally just whistle stop. Jim had a very busy itinerary laid out for me, as he would always. Um, but again, I just want to extend my deepest sympathy uh, to Anne and to the children. Um, you know, again, people sometimes don't have a sense of the challenges that, that are involved in being the spouse and the children of an ambassador because uh, you know, you're moved from one location to another. You've you've tried and reestablish a home, a sense of community again in in your new location, your new posting, and that's not easy to do. So again, I think they make huge sacrifices. The uh, the families of all of our d- diplomats around the world uh, in being moved across the world, and, and as I said, t- trying to establish that sense of a place called home, no matter where you find yourself in the world. So and they do extraordinary work as well in 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 um in supporting the ambassador in his or her. Uh, work with the Irish community, uh, no matter where they find themselves. So yeah, uh, again, I just want to extend my deepest, deepest sympathy to to Anne and, and to her, and to the family. And, and again, to what, what am I called the, the diplomatic kind of community, the Irish diplomatic community across the world? Because if you were looking on on Twitter last night, we saw um, so many of our uh, of our ambassadors and those who work in the Department of Foreign Affairs just. Ex- extending their sympathy uh, to Jim's family um, and to all of the colleagues at the, uh, the UN mission in, in New York. So it's a very tough time for the whole community because they all know one another exceptionally well. Kieran Cannon, thank you very much for taking the time and setting it aside at this sad occasion. Not at all, Austin. And thank you for taking the time to pay tribute to, to Jim and to his work there in Canada. I know certainly when I was visiting on the two occasions that I visited, he made a point of asking me uh, to do an interview with you because he felt that the work you were doing in sustaining and nurturing the, that sense of Irish community there in Canada was, was exceptionally important and I was more than happy to do so as I am on this occasion, Austin. So as again, just my deepest sympathy. I mean, I would, you know, you probably knew Jim better if, 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 if than I did. Um, you engaged him an awful lot more through your work there. So this is, you know, a sad time for you as well. So um my deepest sympathy to all of the Irish community in Canada. Um, you've lost a fantastic um, leader and friend. Thanks, Karen.